I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Rob Ashton, founder and CEO at Emphasis. Hello, Rob. Hi, Andy. It's great to be here. So, Rob, um, before we start, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, content production and uh, things, good things like that. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Emphasis. Yeah, uh, Emphasis is the world's biggest provider of writing skills, uh, training and consultancy. I'm the founder, set it up way back in 1998, uh, so I must be due a long service award by now. Yeah. And we've trained uh, over 40,000 people across the globe uh, to transform what they write, including web content. Now, content, because that's what, what you're about, or, or certainly the writing of content. Um, we have covered this a few times on the podcast. Let's just sort of remind ourselves why it's so important. Sure. Well, Google... Successive updates from Google have, have repeatedly prioritized content quality. If you go back to Panda Update, which was way back in 2011, they, they, that's when Google started penalizing content farms. Yeah. I know Matt Cutts, the anti-spam czar, I didn't call it didn't say they were targeting content farms, but everybody knew that's what they were doing. And Google's been on a, a drive to improve content quality ever since. Whenever they have an update, they, they always or invariably prioritize quality com- content. Now, that's created uh, both an opportunity and a problem. It's an opportunity because you know, if you can provide good content, then great. Uh, Google will love you. But it's meant, if you think about the size of the web, it's meant that everybody has jumped onto that bandwagon. And they said, okay, well, it's not about uh, just churning out content, but it is about producing quality content. Let's produce some quality content. And we've got more and more and more of this coming through. And uh, Mark Schaefer coined the the phrase content shock back yeah. in, in 2014. He referred to it again a year later and said, um, you know, pointed out that Content Marketing Institute were saying we're predicting a 500 percent increase in content by 2020. When he wrote a blog a year later, he'd updated that to 600 percent. So as he said, so if you think about the size of the web, we're talking about six of those by 2020. Now, if you're in internet marketing, that means that 
your audience is being spread more and more thinly. Now, Schaefer talks about not just content quantity, but he calls it content density. And what he means by that is that the quality of the content has improved. If you, the density, I guess, referring to, say, the amount of information, that the, um, the number of facts, if you like, let's say you're looking for facts, yeah. the amount of facts in, in the content, that's improving. And to stand any chance these days, you need to create good content and get it in front of those who need to read it. Uh, uh, Andy, content implies some kind of commodity. And I think we're all guilty of this in internet marketing. To, we, we, treat, we treat content as if it's, a, if it's something that can come out of some kind of um, sausage machine, you know? A pipe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's obviously not just about churning out words. You know, the Panda update made that clear. But you, you need to produce quality content. And, and in order to do that, you really need to think about it. It's not – I think the problem is that you need to sort of get away from thinking of it as a, as a commodity and, and back to thinking of it as, a, a, as almost a work of art. Now, yeah. I use that phrase advisedly. Because I, you know, I think there's a real danger that you start thinking, oh, you know, let's 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 get all creative. Let's let's wait until the muse takes us. Yeah. Um, it's it's not about that. It's it's definitely a skill, but you you really do need to focus on that skill. Because this is one of the problems, isn't it? I mean, the, the, as you were saying, the, there's so much content out there now, and you <laughs> you sort of alluded it to being more of an art do you think I mean, that's the way to go people should be trying to do is it you know is, is content becoming more like the sort of content we see on tv and here on radio to a degree yeah uh, i think you know if you think of think of journalists and and how they approach their work then you're not far off what's required curators 2016 content marketing survey they're, they're a marketing staffing and tactics barometer great great phrase yeah. they were looking to find the singest biggest skill set missing from today's content marketers now think about that content marketers it's all about content right yeah the biggest single skill set missing they found was the ability to create content <laughs> <laughs> So it's almost like we're missing the obvious here. It's you know, oh, let's talk about our content. Let's let's optimize it. Let's let's push it out there. We we forget that actually somewhere along the line, it's about words and it's about choosing the right words and writing something that's going to be engaging. It it's about writing. You know, I use that word. Yeah. It's not about churning out content it's about writing something i listened to um listen to a podcast uh, interview uh, recently with malcolm gladwell uh, tim ferris's podcast and and um gladwell was just saying that tim ferris said malcolm do you do you suffer from writer's block how do you how do you get over writer's block and uh, he just laughed because he said look you know i'm a, i'm a staffer on the new yorker i have a deadline to meet every week if i went to my editor and said really sorry I had writer's block. The muse didn't strike me, you know, <laughs> really wouldn't last very long. And, and I think, you know, we need to get back to that. We've got to say, okay, right. This is a skill that we need to focus on. If we focus on that, then we're going to get a long way. We're going to get much further with content marketing, but it's going back to that and focusing on that as a skill. 
Yeah, it's a bit like an MMA fighter going into the cage and saying, oh, actually, I just don't feel like fighting today. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's my motivation here? <laughs> so, um, yeah, motivation is, you know, you're not going to get eight bells knocked out of you. And that, that's it's the same with marketing. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, right, your motivation is you've got to do this and you've got to get it, you've got to make it good. So as someone, Rob, who, you know, trains people how to write and is, is fully aware of the importance of writing, do you think good writers are born or created? That's the same thing, isn't it? Do you think they're, do you think they're born or, or created sort of post-birth? That's probably a better way of saying it. I, I think both. It's, but, but far more become good writers. You, you know, you, you might get one in a million. I don't know what the statistic is, but, you know, it, it's very rare to get somebody who's just born with a, a natural gift. In fact, I'd say it never happens. You're not born with a natural gift and then, and then you never develop it. If you, you know, or rather if you don't develop it, you're, you're still going to be a great writer. You've still got to learn that craft. And I think this is the thing that that's with any skill. It's very easy to, to overlook the amount of work that goes into that. But the flip side of that is if you put the work in, that's going to get you a long, long way, and it uh, it's a it is a craft that you can learn. And the best way to do that is is to break it down into its component parts. So, you know, if you if you think of any other craft, you know, and, and as I say, craft, I'm, I'm a little bit self conscious that people are going to think, well, you know, you're talking about uh, you're back to the muse, aren't you? Yeah. I think you need to take almost a scientific approach to this, okay, and say, right, what. What's going to grab people? Okay, a good introduction. Right. How do you write a good introduction? Well, you know, there are four basic types. And uh, if you learn what those four basic types are and you use, you can use one of those or you can combine them. But if you do that, that's going to get you 90% of the way there. So you're focused on that as a skill. Then you, you can look at, say, the structure of a blog post. You know, what's a good structure? Okay, well, you should focus it on your readers. So what, you know, who comes to your site? Who are the people you would like to come to your site? It, what do they, not what do they need, but what do they, what do they want to know? Because people focus on their wants, you know? So, okay, so if you can get in, step into their shoes, all good writing starts with stepping into the reader's shoes. Yeah. And then use that to develop the structure. Okay, well, that gets us part of the way there, but then what? Well, you know, here are some techniques for creating great structure and, and, and so on. You know, you can then sort of go down to the micro level and look at how you, how you structure a sentence to make it very readable or what words you should choose in order to avoid uh, what Cathy Sierra calls cognitive leaks. Yeah. Uh, in other words, things that just sort of make you sort of go off at a tangent and go, what does that mean? You know, you want, you want the shortest possible connection between what you're writing and your reader's brain so that you can just get your messages straight into into their brain you know you kind of almost think of think of that as kind of like airspace you know you you want to be there in their head so how do you get there as quickly as possible i think that's one of the biggest challenges because that's certainly when i try and write that's one of the biggest things that i have a problem with just going off in tangents and you know i start off writing about one thing and and like an hour down the road i'm looking at what i've written i think hang on a minute the last two thirds is nothing to do with what i was going to write about <laughs> and that and that's and that's really really common yeah. and the way you get away from that is by treating that as another problem and saying right okay so that's about sticking to what i want to write about you know how do i once i've got my my um, subject matter and I, and i've got my facts Okay, because that's a stage. Research is a stage. Don't mix up research with writing. Yeah. Don't just you know the, the 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 first thing you you should do if you're going to write a really engaging blog post 
is not to just sort of fire up WordPress or whatever text editor you're using and, and off you go. You know, you shouldn't be looking at your screen at all mm. from a writing point of view. Maybe you can look at it for, for research. I would advise doing that elsewhere, say on a, on a tablet, to sort of get you away from the screen that you might be composing on so you're not yeah. tempted to start writing prematurely. But you treat that as a discrete phase, okay? So you get your research. With your research, there are various things you can do. We have a technique for... Um, for, for researching really effectively, maximizing the number of ideas you generate from that. And, and notice the plural there. I'm not talking about the ideas for one post, but the ideas for multiple posts and making sure you don't lose those. Uh, so you break that down into a phase. You break the structuring down into a phase. You, you, you write in a certain way, you know, over a certain time scale. And if you do all of those things, you just discover that actually you're writing almost, uh, you know, almost as a default, because it's it's you're not focusing on uh, on this this blank screen, this terrifying blank screen. Blank Instead, page, yes. you're just breaking it. You're breaking it down. So you know there there, there are various techniques. I, I think though, as marketers, we we can almost sort of default to what we know best. So we default to to, to data say or to user testing. And I had somebody I worked with a, a few years ago who said, well, look, this is we, we don't need to learn this stuff. We just need to do some user testing. And I said, how do you mean? He said, well, we just write something. And if if people don't respond to it, then we regard that as a negative event in our user testing and we, and we do something else. And I said, OK, so um, how many words typically are we talking about in the blog post? He said, well, I don't know, 500, uh, 1,000. That's okay. So a thousand words. How many permutations and combinations have we got of those words? Of the words that you, that you're putting down, it, you know, it's crazy. You, you're talking about trillions of possibilities, and even if you sort of narrow it down to words that would even make sense, you know, to go from that to a piece of content that's massively engaging, it's just impossible. You, you know, it's you've, you've got to get away from from the marketing skill at that point and focus on the writing skill and treat that as a separate thing. Remember that that survey said it was the ability to create content, which meant the ability to write content. We, I don't think we, we use that word write often enough because we think of, we think of book authors or, you know, or, or you know, novelists, but it, it, it is writing, but writing is not one thing. Writing is a, is a whole range of skills and, and it's about focusing on each of those. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you talked about user testing there, Rob, which is sort of a way of measuring. I'm interested in other ways of, of, of measuring sort of good writing. Yeah, it's something we do quite a lot, actually. It, it's, I think, if you measure writing, if you break it down into, if you break writing down into its component parts, then you, then you can measure those parts. And this takes you further away from writing being this this mysterious dark art, which I think far too many people uh, think of it that way, or 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 even teach it that way. You know, it's that's just not going to resonate from somebody who's content driven, who's sorry, who's data driven, who wants to take a kind of a measurable scientific approach. It's just completely at odds with with the rest of their job. Mm. But if you break it down into its component parts and you say, okay, let's take sentence structure, take, you know, jargon alert, scary grammar term alert. I don't like to use these very much. But if you if you take um, the main part in a sentence, you've got a main part. And you've got the secondary part, okay? So you've got the, what they call the primary and the secondary clause. Yeah. Uh, now, if you write the secondary clause first, then you're putting the sentence back to front. And in fact, I've just done that. You know, I said, if you write the secondary clause first. That's my extra information. The main part of that sentence was, you are writing the sentence back to front. Yeah. So instead, I would say, you are writing the sentence back to front if you put the secondary information first, okay? Now, yes. If you don't follow that, it didn't. Ma- it doesn't matter because it's a bit of a technical concept. But the fact is, you can focus in on that and you can measure it and you can see how many times you've done that in your blog post. And if you do it once or twice, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. If you do it half the time, then you're going to make it really difficult to read, not very engaging, and people are going to go off and read something else. Okay. And then you can apply that to other other aspects of good writing, such as whether you stuff it full of of jargon. Now, jargon, incidentally. Not always a bad thing. It can be a great way to segment your audience and to home in on those people you really want. But if you want a general audience, then you need to reduce the amount of jargon. Typically, what causes a bigger problem is the words in between the jargon and whether you're you're using unnecessarily complex words. And that's going to make it quite difficult to read. And so you can measure that and you can see how many times you use unnecessarily complex words. And so you see, we build it up into these skills and you add in things like introductions and endings and you can um, when we measure it we give a score for those things and we produce a graph that shows right okay here's this blog post here's what you need to do here are your biggest problems and there are uh, out of 12 that we've measured two or three are causing you the, the most problems and that will be different for everybody yeah. and if you home in on those it's back to the 80 20 rule you know if you home in on that 20 percent you're going to get an 80 percent improvement uh, so let's do that first. And I think as soon as people see that, they start to realize, hmm, actually, so this isn't this kind of nebulous thing, this impossible task that I need to turn myself into a good content writer. This is, well, actually, I need to work on my introductions or I need to work on uh, on sentence structure. I need to work on generating good ideas. You know, those are all things that you can learn. None of those things is is insurmountable. And, you know, dare I use a cliche, it's not rocket science, you know? It's yeah. not rocket surgery. <laughs> so, Rob, we've covered quite a few bits and pieces in today's talk, um, specifically about measuring and good writing. What's the potential win from all this? What's the potential win from focusing on good writing? 
You know, if you think about uh, the best blogs out there, you know, I'm talking about things like, um, well, not just Content Marketing Institute where it's aimed at our sector, but say Buffer, you know, the the, the, uh, the Buffer app blog is, yeah. is excellent. Mm. It's very easy to compare yourself with those blogs and say, well, you know, it's it, fine. They're doing that. They're doing that already. How can I possibly compete? But I think if you go to your particular marketplace the particular sector in which you operate there's potentially a huge win here if you for instance let's say you you work in law and uh and your specialism is say mergers and acquisitions okay that's very that's very specific okay it's off the topic of of marketing content but very much you know a, a niche quite a big niche actually now, if you say, okay, I can go and write something and I'll write something on the state of the mergers and acquisitions market. Now, that might appeal to you. That might appeal to other people, your competitors, but it's probably not going to appeal to the people you're targeting, to your potential clients. What your potential clients are, want, are going to want to know about is whether it's a good time to sell their business, whether it's a good time to, um, to acquire a business you know, five pitfalls to avoid when buying a new business, how to increase your your return on an acquisition by, by 50%, how to increase the offer you get by an acquirer by 100%. Each of those is an angle. So that's just one aspect of, of focusing on, on the content. Now, if you do that, and you're in that specialist niche, it's pretty likely that your competitors won't be. And so you're going to get yourself a massive competitive advantage. So you're increasing the quality, you're improving the quality of what you're writing. But also by learning these techniques, you uh, speed up the process of producing this content. Okay, so we're almost back to the idea of churning it out, except it's going to be quality this time. Then you solve the problem, the other problem of content shock which is the volume, because you will be able to produce volume. So potential, produce this in volume. So in potential, you'll be able to dominate your sector. Now, that might seem a bit far-fetched, but if you're in, if you're in a niche, if, you're, if your audience is not the world, but a particular audience, but a particular sector, and maybe a particular part of that sector, then by focusing on this, you can home in on producing things that they absolutely want to read. And in doing that, you position yourself as the expert, which, of course, is the holy grail because you can make them aware of the need for what you do. But you also make them associate you with provided with, with fulfilling that need. You become the expert. They come to you. And you, it's absolutely worth focusing on this because you can give yourself a huge competitive advantage. Well, Rob, thanks so much for coming on and giving us all this good information. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about Emphasis? Uh, our website is uh, writing-skills.com, but we actually also have a, an online writing course, so if people want to check that out. Uh, in fact, it's the world's most comprehensive online writing course, um, and that's at e360.writing-skills.com, e360.writing-skills.com. Um, if listeners want to um, want to check that out, there's a lot of uh, free stuff there. A lot of those modules are free to view. And if they whet your appetite, then there's a, a discount code you can use and get a 10% discount. They just put in the code Internet Marketing. That's specifically for your listeners, and, uh, and they can get a 10% discount as well. That's fantastic. Rob, thanks so much for that. We'll put 
those links in the show notes. Talking of which, they're at the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash IM podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher, so um, have a listen to us there. If you uh, want to leave a review, we're very happy to get reviews at the moment, so uh, please do that. If you want to link up with me directly, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you want to ask us a question, because in future episodes we're looking to do some more questions and answers, two ways of doing that. The um, email is podcast at sitevisibility.com and the magic phone number is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh well that's all from me andy and it's all from rob thanks a lot and we'll see you next time on internet marketing planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details